0: Hey, Merry Christmas to all of you in the room. Merry Christmas to you in the pavilion. Uh, we hope you're staying warm over there. Merry Christmas to all of you online. I know we got Beach Point people all across the country who are tuning in, kind of coming home uh, with us this Christmas time, and we are so glad you are with us. Uh, this is it's good to be with you. It's good to be together. You know there are are things that we see sometimes, and once you see it, it's hard to not see it. Um, sometimes there's, there's things that are kind of almost maybe kind of hidden uh, from plain sight, but once you see it, you will always see it. I'm uh, sorry for the English uh, teachers in here. Uh, once you see it, you can't not see it. You see it all the time. I mean, just some simple illustrations. Um, see if you can figure this out. Baskin-Robbins, here's the logo. What's the kind of secret spot there uh, built in their logo? What do you see? The 31, right? Uh, what about FedEx. Marvin's not here to show us with the things. What's the little thing you're supposed to see? The arrow. Do you see it between the E and the X? The arrow. Now, what about? Do you know about Tostitos? What do you see in Tostitos? Right between S T I T O. They've got two people dipping their chip. Toyota. Toyota. Do you guys know what this is? This their logo spells. Toyota. So if you follow it, now you're going to be in traffic and you're going to be behind a Toyota and you're going to be going T-O-Y. You're going to see all these. Do you see it? Now you see it. Sometimes you see things and you wish you could turn away. Um, some of you have seen this photo of me uh, two Mondays ago. Uh, I, was, I rushed from a board meeting And uh, went to a hockey game and forgot to switch out my helmet from my half shield to my full shield. I made a commitment this season. I was going to wear a full shield. uh, Lined up for, I I forgot it. I thought, ah, one more game. It'll be fine. I played a million games. A one in a million bounce in a face-off. Went in for a face-off. We hit sticks. The puck just shot up. Hit me in the face. I didn't even know what happened. All of a sudden, I reached through with my tongue. And I went, oh, man, and, like, started looking on the rink, found my tooth about 10 feet away, picked it up. I'm going to turn it into a necklace. Why do sharks get all the the fun with that? I'm going to turn it into a cool necklace. Uh, But uh, I've been having this whole thing. There's a better picture, right, I think, of me and Gracie, uh, my little friend who also has this. (laughs) I mean, I'm, I'm with five-year-olds. I'm a five-year-old now. And so I have to, for the next five months, I've got a tooth that is like snapped in right now. I, you want me to take it out? You want to see it? Yeah, it's so gross. It is so gross. You do not want to see it. Uh, but sometimes you see things and you can't not see it. You guys are going to be out on the patio and you're going to be talking to me and I'm going to watch your eyes just drip down to my teeth trying to figure out which ones are real and which ones are fake Uh, here's a hint. The the first four are are fake. I've broken my teeth multiple times. I don't know why I keep breaking teeth. That's just part of my life. But sometimes you see things and and then you see it everywhere. And in the Bible, there's an amazing thing that when you you begin to see it, you will see it everywhere. Uh, In the scriptures, we see this idea of God's desire to be with us. You see it in the creation account, that God is walking in the garden with them. You see it in in the salvation stories, all the different ways in which God is rescuing them and showing them that he wants to be there with them. He wants them for himself. You see it all the way to the very end of the Bible, hint, get to the very end of the scriptures, and what we see is that as heaven and earth come together, it says that, and God will be with them. He will be their God, and and, and we will be his people, and we will be with him forever. This idea of witness And Christmas is one of those incredible moments in which we see it in in a powerful way, what we call uh, the incarnation. God himself uh, coming into this world in human form, coming for us, rescuing us. A savior has been born, not just a super person, but God himself coming into the world to rescue us for himself, It's an incredible thing that I, I want you to see. Uh, uh, the choir shared the scripture. If you want to um, see it again, uh, there's Bibles in front of you. It's found in Luke chapter two, page 1026 of the Bibles in front of you. Uh, if you wanna uh, uh, follow it and, and see it again. But there's this powerful idea that God wants to be with us, that he wants to, he's making room for us. He's calling us home to himself, and once you see it, you'll see it everywhere. Once you understand it, you'll see it all throughout the story of God working with his people. And, and a lot of people understand this. They can, they can believe it in principle. They can believe it in theory. But they have a hard time believing it specifically for themselves. They have no trouble believing that God can feel that way about uh, humanity. I'm just not sure he feels that about me. And so it could be in some ways whether it's just you don't have a background uh, you just didn't go to church or you didn't do uh, religious things, or, or maybe it's just some of the, the choices you're making, some of the things that you're doing, some of the things that make you feel like, I can't see why God would want to be with me. Or again, maybe it's just the idea, I'm fine with that idea in general, I just don't believe it specifically. But I want you to see the Christmas story, what Luke takes us into is the idea that God does make room for all of us, for all of us. And so Luke begins his story kind of setting some tone. It's, it's fascinating. He sets some historical uh, kind of stamping to kind of see this moment in history a powerful empire. And God invades this space, and, and, and underneath kind of this cloak of darkness, God is doing something. He's usurping the power that is of that time, and He's bringing about His kingdom. And what we begin to see is this, this, this heart that God has for us to be his. The story of Christmas is, is a call home to us, a call to be with him. He makes room for us. See, in the Christmas story, we see how he makes room for the unexpected. He makes room for the unexpected. The, the, the Christmas story does not take place among elites. It's not in Athens. It's not in Rome. It's not even in Jerusalem. Remember verse four, what it says? That Joseph also went to the town of Nazareth in Galilee, to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. And this story takes place in the little town of Bethlehem. Not in a palace, but in a cave, maybe a courtyard where the the livestock are kept. There are no earthly choirs. There are no parades. There's no fanfare. Only heaven is celebrating this moment in the beginning, and if you think of over this month, if you maybe you've listened to stories of the different Christmas characters, you wouldn't take any of these people. Zechariah and Elizabeth—they're this older couple; they're infertile, and yet God chooses them to have this miracle pregnancy in which they will bring to birth their son John, who will he will set the tone for the Messiah, the Savior. Mary and Joseph, it says, are from Nazareth. Now for us, that we hear that and that just sounds biblical. But in that time, it was, a, it was a nowhere place. These are two nobodies from nowhere. They are not influencers. They are not powerful. They have no Twitter followers. They are no one. And God calls those who we least expect home to himself. God's He's breaking into history in this moment. He's doing the most dynamic rescue ever, and he's doing it with the least expected people. He's not turning to the powerful or the popular. He's turning to the the broken and the lowly, the least, the last, the unexpected. This is why I love being part of this church because I know half of you are like me. You never saw yourself coming to church. You never saw yourself having faith. But somehow, some way, some way, God began to rewrite your story. Your life got interrupted in some way. Some of you know uh, uh, Braden. Braden Crabtree uh, was it's such, it's such a fun story. Um, we were talking in our staff meetings, we, we always sit and uh, we begin telling some stories just about what's been happening in the church. So it gives us kind of this, this 360 view of what's going on. Braden, uh, uh, Justin, our high school pastor, was telling a little bit about Braden. And uh, how he was uh, involving his work. Uh, he works at, at Buka de Beppo and some of his, his employees got involved in our Project Hope that we were doing. And I was, I was asking Braden, I'm like, wait, tell me again, is this right? You were getting in trouble and your mom was trying to figure out what in the world to do with you. So she talked to your neighbor, Jackie Piniella, and she said, send him to the rock, send him to church and that will, that will, be, uh, that will help And he didn't come to a church to change his moral code. Uh, He came here, he found community, and he found faith. And Brayton's this awesome kid, this young man, who is helping uh, with our our seventh grade boys now. And and such a cool thing to watch his employees show up here at the campus because they have all these things that they wanted to donate to our Project Hope uh, in, in our offering we were doing this month. And I just... When I was thinking through this and praying through this, uh, I was like, God, this is how you love to work. To work among the unexpected. He makes room for the unexpected. He makes room for the shameful. Verses six and seven point us to the famous uh, no room in the end verses. Now, I know when we, we kind of think of this as we've heard it, uh, maybe you think of the Bethlehem, Best Western, it's, it's full no occupancy, um, they show up. And, and maybe your thought is, man, that innkeeper is a total jerk. I mean, you got a pregnant lady, she's like bursting on the donkey coming in and, and you're just like, you gotta, you gotta do something. But if we look at actually at the passage, listen again to the words that Luke describes. He says, he went there to register with Mary. who was pledged to be married to him and expecting a child. Now, while they were there, the time came for a baby to be born. She gave birth, gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths, placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. They show up. Remember, they're showing up into the town of which uh, Joseph was, was raised, where his ancestors are. And so most likely when they got there, she wasn't uh, uh, kind of bursting, ready to have the baby. I know that's how the, the movies like to make it because that's how you gotta make a movie. You only got you know 90 minutes to tell the story. But they show up, and when they show up, what they they find is family. They connect with family. This is a, a, a culture that hospitality is a huge thing. Really, there's no room for your pregnant cousin? I mean, someone's not gonna move over for her? What we know is while they're there, Mary does begin to show. And the time does come. And the suggestion is that, uh, as scholars have wrestled with this, is that uh, the family actually feels the sense of shame for her. While she is betrothed, they, they are in this uh, a covenant relationship. Uh, the expectation was that they would wait until the marriage before they consummated things. And, and, and so it has this whole look. The family doesn't wanna bring shame upon themselves. They've put them out wherever they, this is. Maybe it's a cave, maybe it's a, a courtyard. All we know is that Uh, the way that she is experiencing this. Rejected by the innkeeper, man, that's harsh. Rejected by family, wow. But one of the things that's so amazing in the Christmas story, these two women, Elizabeth and Mary, you know, Elizabeth experienced shame because she was older and she was barren. She didn't have any kids, And so that was looked at as someone who was, in some way, God was not showing his favor towards. Don't know quite why, but there must be some kind of sin in her life. Both these women are experiencing from the outside the sense of shame. But inwardly, when we listen to their stories, they're amazing women of faith. They have incredible faith. Their response is always to do whatever it is the Lord is doing. And and as the story is unfolding, They are leaning in to the God who's drawn near to them. They wanna be a part of what it is that he is doing. I think of Mary, many biblical scholars think she's maybe about 15 years old. Elizabeth, probably more my age, not 15, (laughs) just a little older. But I have a 15 year old in my house and our house is constantly filled with 15-year-old girls. And I want to th- I've been thinking about how do I build this kind of faith in my daughter where a 15-year-old would say, I am the Lord's servant. Whatever it is you wanna do, Lord, I'm, I'm in for it. I think for us as parents, how we want to build that kind of faith in our kids. We'll talk a little bit about a faith at home in a moment. But I love Elizabeth too, that she's not, she's not past her expiration date for being used by God. No matter how young you are, how old you are, the Christmas story reminds us that God draws near to us. He calls us into his, his amazing salvation project to call people home. But he also makes room for the outcast. Isn't it incredible that God always is picking outcasts? to tell his story, to be the first witnesses of his miracles. I think about Christmas or Easter. Mary Magdalene is the first witness here at Christmas. It's shepherds. Shepherds at the time, rugged, smelly, ruffians, excluded for the most part from worship. Verse eight says that there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night and an angel of the Lord appeared to them. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger, and suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Shepherds were looked down on more than they were looked up to, but God was perfectly Pleased. To let them be the first witnesses of what it was that He was doing, why? because God makes room for the outcast. their shock and their fear turns into worship and praise and powerful witness. They go and tell everybody about what they 've seen and what they 've heard. God loves to make room for the outcast, but, but finally he makes room for us. It, did you, did you notice the way that he says, uh, the angels say that this is good news of great joy for all people? This was not just something for that nation, it was not something just for that local moment. This was a powerful moment for the world. God was, was reconciling, bringing the world back to himself. Great joy translates as mega joy. It's just it's it's beyond what you can kind of, in essence, describe how how big and awesome the kind of joy we should feel. I don't I don't know how you feel. uh, Those of you who've been around me long enough know. Oh, holy night, man! That's just that's my jam on Christmas. But there should be something in us in which we see in the Christmas story. Oh wow, Lord! What look at what you're doing. Look at what you're doing for us. Look at the way you are accomplishing something for us we cannot do for ourselves. You are calling us to to yourself. You're calling us home. He's making his kingdom available for everyone. I'm thankful for this church. You guys have been amazing over this last month uh, sharing this hope and joy all over the world. We've been doing something called Project Hope and it's a chance for us to enter into a people where things are difficult and, and say to them, God is near. God is with you. God is with you. In tangible ways. 54 local families, uh, about 150 to 200 individuals in those families here in our local community of Huntington Beach and Fountain Valley. Beyond that, a village of a a thousand different people in Kenya who were able to feed a a literacy project in a village in Niger, five Maasai girls who will be funded for a year of schooling. I know that maybe it doesn't sound like a big deal, but teenage girls, imagine going to school instead of being married to someone my age because that's what would happen. And on and on, the different things that are happening, missionaries around the globe making known the hope of Jesus for the world. Christmas reminds us that God is making room for us. He is calling us home to himself. And so the question this Christmas, of course, is will you make room for Jesus? Will you make room in your heart for Jesus? This has been our prayer all month long. Uh, This theme of coming home is not just to see the miracle of, of God coming near to us, God dwelling among us, But the fact that what he calls to us is in this wonderful prayer is that he would dwell and make his home in your life, in your heart. When you look at the Christmas story, what you see is this. The people who experience the miracles, who experience the power, the, 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 the joy of what it is that God is doing, they are the people who say yes. They're the people who join him in faith. It's Zechariah and Elizabeth and Mary and Joseph. It's shepherds and magi. It's Anna, it's Simeon. All of them open their life and their heart in faith. So here's been our prayer for you. It comes from Ephesians 3. This is our come home prayer. He says, I pray that out from his glorious unlimited resources, that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. And may you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. Then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. This is his desire, to dwell in your heart, that you would make room in your heart, that you would make room in your life for him. It was a time of darkness and light began to shine. Light broke through. And John tells us this, that the light has shined and the darkness cannot overcome it.